Welcome to the Lazy People Podcast, the podcast about all things technology and people and technology in Belgium, of course, from outside of Belgium. My name is Errol Baikal, and I'm here with my co-host, Metzian. Met, today's topic will be right to repair. Sounds good. Do you know what that Sounds is? Sounds good. Yeah, I do think, you know what I it think is? I think I do. It's been... Uh, it's been in the. Uh, I heard some uh, rumors or some noise about it in the media. Uh, from a few. Do you want me to read? Do you want me to read what the Wikipedia? Oh yeah, please. Yeah, that'd be that better. Yeah. Okay, so the introductory paragraph for uh, the electronics right to repair, according to Wikipedia, is. Uh, that it refers to government legislation that is intended to allow consumers the ability to repair and modify their own consumer electronic devices, where otherwise the manufacturer of such devices require the consumer to use only their offered services. <clears throat> so, um, if I can reformulate it in in um, what in what I think is simpler language is. Uh, that it would be legal for you to tinker with your electronics and that the producers of those devices could not void your war warranty for it. Well, um, is that what it means to you or or that? I, it's what it means to me, yeah. It's what it boils down to. Well, I don't think it's, um, it has to do with the warranty parts. I mean, at least I didn't think of it that far. Um, but I sure did um, do look at it as um, something breaks in your phone, for example, you have the choice to take it to the manufacturer themselves to fix it or take it to some repair shop, for example, that may be able to do to use um, um, alternative um, uh, components or aftermarket um, OEM components. Um, or even repair it, like simply, you know, solder a couple things together and make it happen. But what what's stopping you from doing that right now? It's not like, oh, I dropped my phone. I'm gonna get a new screen in in, in one of those shops, you know, the corner. And uh, what what's happened? What happens next? The police barge into your house and like, hey, you're under arrest. You you broke the law. <laughs> you're not allowed to get your phone repaired somewhere else. No, it, what it does is it voids your warranty. Well, no, so actually, thing what people actually want it, is it goes beyond that. So what happened is lately we've seen some companies. Uh, Apple is uh, one of the guilty ones. So what happens is like let's suppose your camera breaks, you go and take another one and you replace it, and you turn your phone on, and this does not work. And uh, that's what they call they call it the, the, the term in the in the. Uh, in the market is a serialization. So basically that new component has a serial number and the serial number is kind of baked into this, the, the, a check that they do on the hardware and make sure that your phone does not work. Now, what they have done, I heard I heard of Apple, they, they went a bit far with this as far as, a, a camera would not work. So you take a camera from a phone, you put another iPhone, it would not work. You put it back, you put original and it works, right? Um, so because of this, um, this legal um, or this legislation at least, now they show, for example, a warning. And I think Samsung started doing that as well. So the warning will tell you the camera on this phone has been replaced. 
Mm-hmm. So it's it gets in a sense you you have you know that something happened, right? But where do you draw the line, right? And this is the the, the issue. A lot of people, a lot of small shops, they make a living out of repairing uh, devices. But I don't I don't I I agree mm-hmm. with you there. But the the part that I, the, the way I look at it is it's less negative. I look at it as maybe protecting the, the consumer. So, um, it, you know, people around me, um, family, relatives, friends, sometimes one of them, you know, comes back with, with a replacement screen. And I look at it and immediately think, oh, this, this is like a knockoff screen on their iPhone, yeah. you know? The the viewing angle is way off. The You can definitely see some kind of pixel grid on that, it's got a different action going on in terms of the quality, but they charge, you know, a pretty good buck for these things. So, if uh, you know, when Apple last month announced that, in if if you're uh, if you're if you go in and get get a part swapped out and it's a non-Apple sanctioned component, then they will start showing warnings. Would this not force the people who work those shops? Um, to basically use um, OEM components. I mean, if you look at it from a from a negative perspective, you could say, "Oh, look at this! Apple is being, you know, preventing uh, third-party components from being used because they're stingy." But on the other hand, you cannot guarantee quality, you know, if people start putting in uh, things that don't belong there. Yeah. So. To to give you the example, let's let's say you you drive uh, let's say you drive a Mercedes, okay, and you you bring it to a shop, and shop goes like, oh, you know what? We're gonna replace the engine for you. <laughs> We're just gonna put in this plastic, fantastic thing. I, I'm just making it up. I don't even plastic engines exist, but you know they replace it with something that's a lot cheaper. You're like, oh, I got my car fixed, but <laughs> basically they give you uh, they give you a crappy uh, uh, piece of equipment there. And if your car, when you start the engine, would give you a warning saying, um, uh, dear operator of this vehicle, there is a <laughs> unknown, um, unsanctioned uh, engine in this car. Um, you should be careful. Is that a wrong thing? Well, to give a warning and give a way out, that's not wrong. No, that's actually good for the consumer, I think. It would simply... Provide provides more information. So if I am to agree with you, I would expect that, for example, Apple would say, would show you put in some third-party components. Um, first of all, it would simply show a warning about it, and you say, never show me this again if you don't want to see it again, and you would never see that warning anymore, right? Or if something that needs to be, um, if there's some check for a certain hardware or a certain serial number, then you should be allow it for free of charge for you to say, yes, I do want to repair it at this small shop that's that have no quality or they would use cheap parts um, or that's not even intended for this phone, but they want to fix it that way. I, I'm okay with that. I bought my, my, my iPhone from you and I do not, I want to be able to use something else. So this should be, should allow the way out. Simply give that warning for them to say look this you know we do not agree with this we don't you may lose your warranty on it for example that's a possibility 
um, but do not prevent functionality. The problem now, as much as I want to think of them, think of the positive um, aspect of it, it remains that the repairs cost money as well, and it's business for them. So it's they are benefiting from this, whether their intentions are good or bad. They're benefiting financially from preventing other people from repairing your your, your device, and. And, and car manufacturers do this, you know, they're really known for this as well. Huh? Um, you, you cannot install, it's difficult, let's say, to go ahead and install a cruise control on a car. Um, uh, so you, you install everything, or maybe like everything is there. Um, and and then, you know, you won't, it won't work, right? Because it's not coded into the system. But how would you be like, I, I'm thinking, um, okay, let's say you buy this hacker do-it-yourself phone. You know, there used to be these Kickstarters for modular phones. You know, they would run Linux, etc. Okay, you go buy one of those and do with it whatever you want. But you're buying into what is basically um, this company like Apple, because we're talking about Apple here, that is trying to remove the the, you know, the border between... Um, a lifestyle product and a technology product where they go, they start from the, you know, the design and the look and feel of things. Uh, of course, they won't have control over the experience. I think the people at Apple, um, whether they're driven by uh, monetary reasons, which I'm pretty sure they are, uh, which is it's their right. It's, it's a, it's a for-profit company, but also because of their, uh, conviction as a as a product designing company where they say no we don't want the crappy experience like that's not the Apple experience we don't want it on our devices we don't want it on our brand and it's a very um, almost um, compulsive obsessive uh, protection of, of the brand from any type of possible that's tarnish still is, is still the way not, I look at it. not good enough because who said that the part that you're gonna replace it with is uh, of lesser quality, there have been. There's a lot of cases where you take the phone to uh, any device, for that matter, but you take something for repair, and you would take an original part from another device, same same device, maybe newer than yours, and you would put it there, and it would not work. What if that guy is really skilled? He did. He does this 24. I mean, not 24/7, but does it like on a regular basis at their day job, you know? And they might be more skilled than someone in a factory that's okay. They might have the equipment, may have everything, but still there remain some work is done by a human being and one could be more skilled than someone else. So you cannot say that the quality that you are going to get from, from, from Apple is automatically better than what you get outside of Apple. Okay, okay, fair point. Fair point, Matt. I'm going to take it in a different direction. Okay, so the um, our good friends at the European Parliament, they want to um, pass a, um, a consumer protection law. I think it's a law. Um, it's called, a, you know, it's referenced as a right to repair law. And um, it's actually uh, been discussed in a plenary session uh, not so long ago, a few months ago. And the, the main point of it is that they want to encourage sustainability, um, you know, 
improve repairability, etc. But the I think in theory these are nice ideas, just like the idea of the some person in a uh, some being in a <laughs> corner shop. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> in a corner shop, you know those those phone shops where they repair the things that they could. Uh, uh, encourage sustainability and um, improve repairability, but I think it's wrong because if you look at the iPhone, because we're talking about Apple again here, right? If you take the iPhone as an example, it does not have that many repairable components. It does not have that many components that you can pick apart. Like if you've uh, uns- you know uh, taken apart uh, like a modern smartphone, there's a back cover, there's a front cover, there's a display, there's a logic board. And there's the camera, and then there's some buttons, and they they keep um, removing stuff from like whatever they can integrate. They integrate on that logic board, right? And seventy five percent of the volume of that device is being um, uh, taken over by the uh, is is filled in by, by by the battery anyway. So when you're looking at uh, integrated circuitry or integrated components at at such dense levels, when something really breaks, it's impossible or extremely expensive to fix it right because imagine the uh one of the 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 memory modules on on the uh logic board um you know there's something wrong with it like what are you going to do are you going to solder it off uh pin by pin and put on another one the the labor intensity of it is enormous because this is highly skilled precision work so that person is spending maybe like they could do it you know they could remove it and, and put one back on there but that type of person wouldn't be working in in a corner shop you know fixing phones in those shops what they do is they replace cracked uh, back covers they replace cracked screens they replace um the microphone and the speaker uh, so that you know you don't get that crackling sound uh, when you're talking, and all of these things I'm talking about are the modular parts. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so th- that's the level of repair I think people are talking about. So what, when the European Parliament says, "Oh, we want to encourage um, uh, sustainability and uh, extend the lifespan of products," I'm simply <laughs> wondering. This is good in theory, but Today we live in such a time that it's actually cheaper to basically replace the component than to repair it. Mm-hmm. It goes with the design of of these things, and I'll let you, you know, um, uh, destroy my arguments uh, before I continue. Well, um, on these. so so yeah, you brought the now the the like the European law, whatever they're trying to um, to enact or put in place. Um, now, sometimes these laws could be also too aggressive against um, against these companies, right? So it's, it's difficult to, it's where you draw the line kind of deal, right? It's always like, where's that balance? Because I am with you, you want you want to not to have that, that, that device, always have to go back to one manufacturer, that's it, that the only one who can repair it, and you can ask whatever, uh, presses they want from it, you know. Um, so they want to kind of, yeah, give the if if something could be fixed by you know the the shop, you know, the corner shop, then 
that's fine, right? But then, you know, how far? I mean, what if, like you say, what if let's suppose someone is is really skilled enough to go inside and start um, reverse engineering and then stealing even ideas or um, or technology that's being used? Well, I mean, that's that's how I would see it. You know, I mean. Um, again, it's um, it's not it's not easy, right? Really to say. Um, well, you cannot have a law against this, or but again, it's difficult to to draw it. But again, it, it remain to remain still. Certain things could be repaired. Um, as far as repaired, so if, if we differentiate between repairing and replacing, it's still going to remain that most of the things will be just replaced. That replacement could be done by the manufacturer or someone else. That's fair. Uh, now, as far as repairs, well, why not? Again, there's not only just phones. Eh? There's, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah there's washing machines. There's a uh, the TV. <laughs> you know, there's toasters. You know, a lot of things do get repaired. Uh, so yeah, it's a. Uh, how do I put it? Uh, the, 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 is this is the law is the idea from the law simply to 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 make sure that the the electronic component remains um in life and not get replaced and recycled or thrown into the environment well they say they say they're the the background like for their their motivation to do this because um they, they did a survey and 77 percent of eu citizens would rather repair their devices than replace mm -hmm. them okay um which um it, to me it has to be about washing machines no. okay this has to be about dishwashers and ovens because the, you know the, the consumer electronics they move too quickly like people don't replace their phones because the old one broke down no they want they because they, they replace them because they no. want the new one okay so this this 77 percent just has to be about um uh dishwashers and that kind of stuff or they phrase the question in such a way to people saying would you rather repair your device or throw it away and get a new one? Yeah, yeah, of course I'll get a, you know, I would like it repaired, but um, I I don't think you can get to 77% another way. Yeah. But in any case, like I'm interpreting, yeah. okay? Like, it's, it's probably just uh, uh, full of, uh, you know, mistakes. No, it's a, <laughs> yeah. So 79%. Yeah. Yeah. I know, it's like this okay. stuff is also so, uh, really, uh, <laughs> I mean, this kind of numbers are always, you know, always manipulated, you know? I mean, if I go somewhere where someone is coming to replace something or trying to buy, for example, a new fridge, right? And you know that the, fr the fridge they have at home just broke on them. That could give you a different answer than someone who has a working fridge at home, if you know what I mean. If my fridge True, is working, yeah, the, the, the one is, he's more in yeah, a hurry. So, yeah. And yeah. that person, yeah, I just want it fixed because that guy has to pay the full price right then to have the fridge working, to have to have something <laughs> remain cold, right? However, if someone has a fridge that functions, for them, they don't see it as a big hit to replace it. Even if, they, first of all, they don't want to replace but, it. Too, if they want to replace it, they still have some value in what they own right now. So there's a difference that's also that's also a good point but i want to you know the fridge thing it got me thinking okay um so before we continue let me just finish the the other parts of the survey 79 percent of the people asking the survey think that the manufacturer should be legally obliged to facilitate the repair 
of digital devices or the replacement of their individual parts? I think this sort of answers your question about, you know, what do you want, like uh, the modules to be uh, available in a long time span? Okay, 79% of the interviewees think that the manufacturer should be legally obliged to facilitate repair of digital devices or the replacement of their individual parts. Okay. Yeah, it, it, I, I mean, I didn't think of this too much, so, uh, but I, it's, it sounds, at least uh, face value sounds reasonable, meaning you don't simply sell the product, you should also have the components that are available, whether you sell them uh, as a manufacturer, you, you produce them for sale, or you provide the, uh, uh, you, you provide licenses for other people to produce them. Uh, it doesn't have to be everything, it doesn't have to break things to this, the minimal components, but let's suppose, let's say, a phone, you have, you broke broken down to 10 pieces, 10 different components. Um, sounds fair. Okay. Now I'm going to um, go on a rant here. So you, you start talking about fridges. Because I was really focused on, on, the, on the iPhone and smartphones, right? Because typically when I hear about, I read about right to repair, um, it's related to um, smartphones yeah, yeah. and Apple is usually in the spotlight there. See, I think the right to repair should exist for um, electronical devices, like mechanical things like your freezer and your fridge and your washing machine and your dishwasher. And the, that's simply because the components within these things are far simpler than the logic boards on computers, whether they're in phones or in tablets or in on laptops, whatever. Now, that's why you'll never never see me uh, buying uh, smart fridges. Um, smart stuff just, you know, is, is not as uh, robust as just, uh, the, the more mechanical something is, the more robust it is and the easier it is to repair, in my opinion, okay? Uh, and this is my personal preference. If I get to choose between a smart fridge and just your regular fridge with, you know, a dumb fridge, I'll go for the dumb fridge. Because the smart fridge can break in so many more spectacular ways than, than the mechanical one. Now, um, so what I was saying is, okay, I would like for uh, the, the right to repair to exist on, on these freezers, dishwashers, washing machines, the big stuff, the bulky stuff, the things that are also not so um, part of lifestyle, uh, to, in, for lack of a better word. Here, you know, the the problem is that um, it, wait, let me rephrase that. Have you ever bought a TV recently? like an LG or a Samsung or whatever yeah. brand TV. Did you recently, well, recently buy Recently, uh, okay. last four years, five years probably. Okay, that's that's already an old TV by yeah. today's standards, okay. Go look up the serial number of that TV and try and find somebody that can, you know, get you replacement parts. This comes back to what, what the parliament was saying, what you were saying, right? The longevity of the components. Yeah. Okay, you will, you will not find yeah. them. I'll, I'll make it even. I'll make it even different for you. Okay, so 
it would be that in the past you would have product release cycles there a model of a tv would come out and that model would maybe be in the stores for several years and the support network for it would also be rolled out okay now you buy a television in january by march that same television is no longer available anywhere you look it up by by the serial number and the serial number is going to be something like 72xkj-5be and you're going to look that up and it's already be going to be it's going to be off the shelves already replaced with another model that looks slightly different has slightly different yeah. specs so because the the release life cycle has become incredibly fast um it's very difficult to find components despite the fact that maybe on the inside the changes are not that large okay i think this is a larger problem this is this is the bigger problem in my opinion because also the the form factor of these larger tvs and and fridges and uh, you know the, the, they're they're not as dense as computers okay they're larger yet still they go through this rapid transformation process which is detrimental to their repairability and longevity and serviceability mm -hmm. okay because when it comes to computers and especially smartphones you're faced with a different challenge and that is that of size so the decisions you take when you're designing a smartphone is every cubic millimeter um is vital every gram is vital so you're designing your electronics and the, the components that go into it with different constraints than a tv you open up a tv you'll see that the bulk of it is just empty air okay so there's the plastic they remove the plastic uh off the back and there's gonna be tons of space in that tv casing which is completely different than when you open up a smartphone Am, am I making sense? Like in what I'm trying yes, to say? Yes, but I disagree. The constraints in in the okay, okay. Let me wrap up then. The constraints that are there when designing the smartphone, which sort of make you say, okay, I get it. Why these things are difficult to repair? Okay, because you, you want them to be small. Okay, you don't have that with these TVs, and these TVs are, you know, just also difficult to repair and that's the part i don't understand well i i agree i i um i i understand and so what you're saying um the um the lifespan of any model now is is shorter than it was before and and this is due to uh, multiple factors one is we could say the the te the, the technology being used it's it's so it's new and it's changing quickly that kind of forces um uh continuous um, um release to the market right uh continuously coming up with a new model and this is uh, even if there are really small improvements or sometimes no improvement at all now mm -hmm. there is also the it's very agile way <laughs> yeah, of working. Exactly. I mean, I, it's, it's, I, I know it sounds funny, but there are actually production companies like, that produce goods. They work this way. They could get feedback from customers, and two weeks later, they're shipping it completely like a, a changed yeah. product. But sorry, yeah, go but ahead. So yeah. the, the cycle, so the cycle is, is also is shorter because, because starting from, I don't know when, maybe the, the 50s, around 50s, I guess. I don't know. I'm just throwing the number now. 
um, it, it was this this kind of um, this company started working on the psyche of the of the person and tried. They realized that offering quality that lasts for a long time, um, it, it's good for the image, but bad for sales. But it's bad exactly. for business. So yeah. the idea is like, how can we make the consumer buy stuff that they don't need, they simply want? How can we want them, make them want stuff and have them spend on things that they don't really need? So your TV is working at home, but you see something that's new, and you're going to make it, this is really the best and whatever, and you're going to want to replace it, even if what you have is about the same thing, you know? You're not losing anything. Wow, good so, point. Yeah. So anyway, so it comes to this kind of thing that we see, we see for example, if you look at the fridge market or, or, the, or, or, the, or the washers or dryers, you're going to find a cycle that maybe once a year they would release something and it's not going to change within a few months. It's not like a cell phone, like you say. Every six months, for example, you have a, a, a OnePlus, uh, OnePlus phone or, or, or you know, uh, this this mm-hmm. continuous you know um, too quick, but but continuous yeah delivery. yeah. So but again, I would go back to this right. Think of it this way: back in the day, back in our days, you know, um, for example, you get the console, the Atari, for example, console, right? This huge console in front of you, and then uh, and and you think, whoa, this is crazy what you can do. Look, I can play so many games and. Especially like there were these fake ones that came out right after the original that had games built in and it had, I don't know how many... Th- yeah, like the 99 games yeah, exactly. built in, but they're like the same <laughs> yeah. game, but in a different but, level with different but colors. But it's like, <laughs> wow, this is crazy. But if you had opened that one, you're going to find a lot of empty space, right? And just like a small board. And someone yeah. in the, someone who is into that, into electronics, they could have messed with that game, right? They could have made something else, in my opinion. That is so correct, man. Like, open up like an old computer, like a Commodore 64, compare its logic board yeah. to what you have today. Open up uh, an old uh, Sega. There is a lot more. It's a lot yeah. less dense. Now, the TV part, I'm going to argue this. The TV heats up. And the phones, we manage to have processors that do not heat up. This is why we have success in smartphones. So why smartphones are, may, are big as, as they're big, as, as uh, how they are, how they kind of reached every single hand, right? Uh, it's bec- one of the one of the reasons is because of the processor does not heat up. If we ha- if we needed space and needed real cooling with a fan, like we need for other bigger components uh, or bigger uh, appliances, then we wouldn't have we wouldn't have adopted uh, cell phones like we do today. Exactly, Matt. But like uh, what you're saying now just feeds into what I was saying as well. There are different con- constraints for the smartphone. When, you know, uh, lower power consumption, it's run cooler. The the engineers that work on smartphones have a tougher time designing one than people working on TVs. Well, but again, the point is, um, it's temporary. What what looks wow? This is really you can have a hard time working on this one. This is too tight and and and, and too precise, and and you need to be. You know, either have special equipment or you need to be a super repairer, right? Not anybody can do it. Maybe in in five years from now, which yeah, that, that phone is not good anymore. This in this times, uh, uh, you know, cycles. Uh, but maybe five mm-hmm. years from now, 
Just give me a piece of cake when anybody can open it. Or maybe it'll be a kit that you get at home and you open it for yourself. That same phone. And maybe the tools are more precise. I agree. But th this is, this is to me, um, a question of orders of, of magnitude. Um, but uh, before we go into that, I want to uh, underline one thing you said. When when you look at the survey result of the European Parliament, or they say 77% of the EU citizens would rather repair their device than replace them. And I said, you know, I, it feels off to me. And then you said, but you know what? People buy things not because they need them, but because they want them. And that's exactly the crux of it, isn't it? Yeah. People keep buying st people keep buying stuff not because it's broken but something better is out on the market so it shouldn't be uh, a right to repair as much like if, if they're concerned uh, you know if the european union is concerned about this type of consumption they should be focusing more on uh longevity not in terms of um uh technological obsolescence but lifestyle obsolescence you know uh, and I don't even know if that's a good thing. Like it's a free market, you know. Let, yeah. let, them, let yeah. them do what they want. Yeah. Um, well, uh, again, I, I want to something that I mentioned. I want to kind of double down on it, right? Um, repairs do not mean always taking a new part and, and replacing what you have, right? It could be, uh, it could be, you know, um, taking an existing good, well, an item that broke. That you say, you know, this is broke. It's not used. It's not like soldering a connection. Well, not even that. Like simply, you know. Uh, you know, something broke in this one, and this would say, okay, we're just going to use it for part. You know, back in the day, you buy when you went to buy a, you tell someone like, this is back in the, let's suppose the, the early 90s. He just said, I want to buy a Kia, you know, I want to buy a Kia, they're cheap. And so, oh, I buy a Kia, I have to buy mm -hmm. two of them, one for the parts and one for the drive. You know, mm -hmm. so some parts come from the original items, right? I mean, a human being for that matter, you know, somebody needs a kidney, someone else gives him a kidney, right? So it's not like, you know, we're going to make this part from scratch. Sometimes you take original good parts, take it from one place, put them somewhere else, and that should work. You know? It, 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 yeah. yeah, I agree. I don't think anybody uh, should disagree with uh, disagree with that. But what you could disagree with, if you're the manufacturer of the set device, you could say, well, I made these devices under controlled circumstances in factories. I don't want anybody left or right opening it up and, um, you know, you could get dust in there, you could accidentally spit in it, have some um, electrostatic, you know, static electricity charge on their finger, you know, zap. Um, some component with it. So if you open it up, I'm not covering it in warranty anymore. And I think that's, that that's fair. also fair. That is fair. But again, warranty doesn't that's, cover you forever, right? So even if you said, okay, yeah. I want to be able to, I keep, I keep, you can keep the warranty, but don't touch it. But then after that year or two year, whatever that warranty, when that runs off, runs out, then you should be able to do whatever you want to do with your device. But here's the other thing. I, I mentioned something about um, orders of magnitude. Okay, let's take, uh, again, the smartphones as an example. Now You can go from the tiniest level to the uh, transistors on, on one of those um, processors. Then you could go into like these um, this, the chips. Then you would be looking at connections on the logic boards. Then you would be looking at uh, the different modules. Then you'll be looking at the phone as a as a whole. So the phone exists in different levels, just like you as a human being. You you have like your 
you as a person, you are you as a body, you are you as a collection of your organs, you are you as your collection of your tissues, you are you as your collection of your cells, you are you as your collection of, you know, atoms. Um, what level, you exist on multiple levels of complexity, so do also these electronic devices. Now, at a certain point, purely out of pragmatism, we need to be able to tell people, okay, we support your right to, to be able to repair to a certain level, but after a certain point, it's no longer, it doesn't make sense to say, okay, you should be allowed to fix all the way down to the, to the uh, molecular level of your device, right? I think if you say something, like you said, with the modules, like the, the, the modern phone, like the modern computer is, is basically a bunch of standalone modules plugged together, right? Um, with with the, those flexible cables. Um, at that level, I'm okay with it. But the moment people start saying things like, oh, you know, um, you should be able to go deeper than that. I don't even know how they could go deeper than that. That's where I draw the line. And I'm saying, no, you're basically, you're just a very noisy minority because normal humans don't really go that far. And just for that tiny fraction of the population that we, uh, you know, also, I don't well, really the, think the, they exist. The problem they have is is that where do you draw that line, right? Because are, are we going to say now, now you have you have fat fingers, you do not open it beyond this level, and you you have a soldering machine, you can go a little bit deeper and stop there, and then you guys. No, guys, I as a I as a manufacturer should be able to say I support warranty up until this level. Like I'll let you basically um, replace the component. That's it. But if you're going to start replacing the lens on the camera module. That just goes too far for me. Like you could, you could definitely. Like, I guarantee you, if the lens is broken on the on the iPhone camera, you could open that thing up, take out the lens, put another one in. But you'd have to ask yourself: Are you just killing time and you enjoy doing this? Because, because from a business perspective, like if you're doing this as to make money, how much time are you? Like, what are you charging people? Two thousand dollars to to sit down with a microscope and swap out a yeah. lens and then when you replace that you're gonna get dust on you know uh, maybe on the sensor scratch scratch the uh the lens well it's well, not I, worth I, it i agree but again again in, in practice that we don't see those cases right i mean we're talking about the, the everyday someone drops their phone they take it somewhere to get it replaced that's the classic right or the battery that's you don't have to do anything bad the battery could wear off or it does not hold the charge anymore, or you know your battery is at 70 and then immediately the phone turns off. It's a battery issue. No, a lot of people can fix it. And you may, you know, depending on the on the policies um, um, of the, uh, you know, you might be forced to, yeah, have to pay a, a higher amount to get it fixed when you say, well, my phone has three months warranty left, for example, right? and and um, I, I don't want to spend so much money on it. I want to spend just a cheap battery, even if it's if it works. You just you know, 70% what it before, right? And after maybe after three months, after five months, I'm gonna replace it. So there's a lot of ifs. It's just difficult to put um, to say I let it go this much, and then here I, I put a stop, right? Um, 
well, yeah. It, it, Coupled yeah. with the fact that you know, the, when you want to focus again on on the modularity, and you know, if we say the the camera module, for example, is, is the level to which we support. Another thing is that the technology on these type of uh, electronics is currently still moving very fast, not as fast as let's say a decade ago when we were making you know exponential um, uh, improvements. We've we're sort of plateaued, but um, th we're still de developing new things every year. So the module itself, uh, it, it becomes outdated very quickly mm. as well. And people don't want to use older phones. But hey, Matt, um, I, I just want to um, talk about something else when it comes to right to repair. And again, it feeds into my idea that design these days takes precedence over repairability and the reason we want it that way is, is because most people don't care about repairability okay um <clears throat> there will come a time when there will be a computer built into your shoes there will come a time when there will be a computer built into your uh in the pants you're wearing probably uh, right sure. so yeah so the question is then there is now a time when there's a computer built into your phone and when the computer in your sweater breaks, are you going to um, say you want to repair the sweater? Probably, but it's going to be so small, that chip, and so unrepairable, it, people are just gonna throw it away. Okay, of course, the if the chip breaks on the sweater, you can still use it with the phone, you can't use it. But what I want to get at is, is that technology is becoming denser and mm, packaged in such a way that it is, ready for consumption in that state but not alterable now cars followed the same pattern originally um you know if you could tinker on your car back in you know many years ago today you want to tinker on your car you're going to need one of those um, uh interfaces that that can hook up to the car and read out the, the diagnostics report and you say okay this is what's wrong with it a lot of the components are being locked down with electronics to do some of the things that you just mentioned, you know, that might go in against the the uh, spirit of uh, right right repair. But the people who are most vocal about this type of stuff are geeks, whether they're car geeks or computer geeks. So I'm absolutely content driving around my um, difficult to repair car. Okay. Because I, it's easy, it's comfortable, it does what it needs to do, it gets me from point A to B, does it in, in, in style and fashion, if you ask me, and I, I enjoy it. But you go to a car buff, people that really like cars, and he's gonna tell me, this is the dumbest car you could have bought, okay? First of all, if you don't have that uh, thing, you know, the, the computer that plugs into the car, you can't even repair it. Then that component, how are you going to replace it? And if this breaks, how are you going to do that? My response to them is, I don't care. I was never gonna do that. Even when it was not electronically chipped, I was not gonna do that. Because for me, the car is a thing I sit in and drive it from point A to B, you know, eventually back to A, back home. That's how most people use electronics. But once you're in that mindset of being a geek, where the car itself is not the tool, but it is the object of interest, you know? You're more interested in how the car drives 
than where you drive with it. And that's part of what being a geek yeah. is. So these computer people, like, I'm, and I'm one of them, I'm guilty, like, but I, I think I can distantiate myself from here is these computer people who think that people should not be buying iMacs or Mac minis because iFixit gave the terrible repair score. They're delusional. Like, who cares? I don't want to repair my computer. I want to use my computer. And when it breaks down, I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm voicing the majority of people, right? I'm not a computer geek. I'm just going to take it to a shop, like an Apple uh, authorized shop or a media market, whatever. They're going to repair it, give it back to me. And that's why I think the whole right to repair movement, uh, you know, if, if the driving engine behind it are these passionate people, who care more about how the car drives than driving the car, then the the outcome of it could create these laws, which you said could be extremely um, restrictive or detrimental to the manufacturers. And in the end, the regular consumers could pay the well, price uh, for it. So you make a point, you make a good point. Uh, I would just think that the, it's not only the enthusiast who, who, or the geeky ones that that fall into this right there are normal consumers that would end up when they end up in trouble uh it could be um uh it could make a difference for them financially whether they can repair it uh, uh at a or at b right it makes a difference for them uh, and and this is where um you know and 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 if you stop that obviously um uh, if you limit that the value of the item could also be reduced, although you are probably protecting the quality of it, which increases its its its, its value. But I could argue that it could it could reduce it because you could say, well, this is not repairable mm -hmm. too much, right? So it's there's less demand for it if you, if you get more people thinking like that. Uh, yeah, if you not everyone also buys stuff brand new, especially when we move away from even for, for cell phones for that matter. I know people that simply go look for a second-hand phone. They get a really good deal. Someone that bought it. There's a new one. The old one has. There's nothing wrong with it. Less than a year, and they get a good deal. Uh, best value, you know. So there are people who are, who are a bit. Um, um, they're value-driven, right? They're sensitive to price, and the price of repair could make uh, could make a difference. Some people would would do not think of I'm gonna replace my phone every two years, right? Some people are like they know like oh I'm gonna buy this. That's it. They think they yeah. have a phone for you know, and and you find them like they don't replace things until five years, four years, five years until, until they, they break. break. Voila. And then they and then they they find out it's it's cheaper to get a window exactly <laughs> because the the labor of going into that cellular level of fixing that stuff is just like oh it's not worth it exactly. Let's throw it away. Uh, but that's a you you made a good point, Matt. It's uh, something I overlooked and I agree with it. Um, definitely share your sentiment. Um, you should be able to take your car to any garage to repair it. But if your producer says look you went somewhere else, they tinker with it, it broke down. I'm not covering this warranty anymore. I think that's also there, um, right? Um, well, the, the, the thing with cars now, that if I may, the things with cars, it just, the, it's cheaper for them to produce one car with all the features in it, all the options in it, and then simply use software to block these features. Uh, 
yeah another, no, let's not let's not get like that's this something is, else right this is uh, this is this is utter yeah. like this yeah, should not exactly. happen so that's that's a, okay. and, and, my cousin was telling me about this uh some weeks ago he's like yeah i heard like um this is a german car brand they're, they're gonna pack all the features in there and turn them on and off i said i hope they don't do that because you do know people are gonna hack yeah. that right you oh you already built in the 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 heated and the cooled uh you know seats actually you, think, you know there's not going to be somebody with some piece of software that can unlock that and, and they're talking actually well, they're talking about like this stuff will be like a service you know what i mean like you pay for it you rent it you rent like the headlights like uh, um multi-directional headlight for example you would pay for it and you would turn it on and you can use it and if you sell your car that doesn't have to be turned on for example right or like heated seats right just just to the heat the, the heated seating just during winter right and don't pay for it during it it's really this but this sort of this sort of makes what people think what is the pricing based based on because it certainly doesn't seem to be based on uh, manufacturing price right but okay yeah. but <laughs> i promise you we yeah exactly so short. definitely another topic and I've, I'm failing at it every time because it's just too interesting. We go into these topics and uh, believe me, I like I have tons of questions, which I think, like, oh, what, what, does, what would Matt think about this or not? You know, but I, I don't ask them because we need yeah. to keep these yeah. short. We'll take me another uh, episode. Okay. Hey, um, where can people find um, you? Me, you can find me at madmed.com, M-A-D-M-E-D.com. And obviously they can find us in... Uh, that Twitter, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, at Lazy People PC, which stands for podcast. And uh, me, you can find at uh, baikal.be, B A Y K L.be. Um, yeah, well, this was a very nice episode, Matt. Right, take care. Bye.